Hi, I'm Sander Simmons. You're listening to Synchrony, a narrative podcast that takes you deep into the minds of its central characters using music and sound design. Do you ever wonder what it might sound like to be in someone else's head? This first episode tries to grapple with this question from a musical perspective. What might the music of your mind sound like when it's been seduced by another human being? Like a pesky little tune that you just can't get rid of, some people can leave you obsessing over them for days, weeks, or even a whole lifetime. For Ayla, the star of this week's episode, it goes a lot further than that. Straighten the eyes, straighten the eyes. Straighten. Straighten the eyes, straighten. He's an artist. He's a thinker. He is wise. He has plans for He visualizes my success into being. He knows me. He's always known me. He knows my soul. He is the river on which my soul journeys. He is twice my age. He is married. He has two children. He lives in a huge house and its walls are filled with books. He writes like a prophet. He speaks and people listen. You've got to live and breathe each sentence, each brushstroke, each melody. Ask yourself, what is my body doing when I create? Is it feeling? Is it alive? He knows me, river of my soul. I feel like he's known me since birth, perhaps even before. There are not many men I can say that about. In fact, there has only been one other in my 30 years of living, but I mean no in the deepest possible sense at the atomic level. And I think that means I've been lucky. Most people will go their whole lives without ever knowing even one other person like this. And I'm already on my second. The trouble is, I'm only interested in soul bonding, not quick and hollow Tinder-style gratification. These are the only two men I've been with. Ten years of sweet solitude I passed in between. Waiting. And now... At last, he's arrived. Why don't we discuss this in private during one of my office hours? I should say that Paul and I are not technically together yet. First, we'll have to read each other's novels, and before that, each other's letters, and before that, each other's secret smile of eyes that we send across the classroom. But our path together has been revealed, and we have already started walking it. Two weekly, weekly seminars. seminars. Two weekly Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday. Thursday. First class of the morning, 8.45. I decided on my routine even before I knew what purpose it would serve. Tuesday was for the mind. Thursday for the body. I knew it would be this way. On Tuesday, I'd rise at 5 a.m. No breakfast. One hour of Anapana meditation, followed by the God Key Visualization Technique. My mandala mantra was detailed enough that I could spend hours here if I wanted. 
spinning and weaving the raw material of my art, but in this case, I allowed myself just 20 minutes. I did not disrupt my frequency by eating before class. I kept my body and mind pure for the teachings I was about to receive. Thursday was a different game. Rise at 7 a.m., 30 minutes of kundalini yoga, light breakfast of fruits and yogurt. On the stove was the shroom and saffron tea I had brewed the night before. I'd warm it up and pour it into my thermos flask, ready for class. Ready for class. Do you have anything worth saying? Why should anyone listen to you? It was the day to apply his teachings to our artistic practice. In school, I sipped at my tea, sensing its magical properties suffuse my supple body into an abundance of trickster energy that poured into the classroom. Everyone was laughing by the end, <laughs> except him, of course. He had to maintain his wise man persona. It's normal to ask yourself these questions. But I could tell from the micro-smiles that creased his forehead that his soul could not resist my energy, was lit up by it, craved more of it. Look at me. I've written eight novels and still I'm asking myself if I have anything worth saying. Through the whole class, there was not a moment when some part of his attention left my energetic sphere. Sometimes, I could feel him searching out my gaze. But I could never look him in the eyes, not once. It would have been more than my soul could bear. I knew him long before I took his class. I knew him from my dreams where I lay curled on the lap of a great philosopher of giant proportions sitting on a diamond throne. His long gray beard trailed down my chest and over my bare legs, and I wrapped it around my naked body as he read the most extraordinary poetic philosophy that soothed the soul into a state of quiet knowing. Not a single word stayed with me when I awoke. I was not yet ready to transmute this profound learning into my waking consciousness. But the feeling resonated deep in my hips. And at certain moments of insight, which shoot up my spinal column and around my shoulders and neck, illuminating my third eye as if to tell me, yes, you're on the right track. You're a talented artist, Ayla. And I don't say that to all my students. I knew him long before I took his class. He doesn't see you. He really just This was exactly the feeling I got when I went to the bookstore that day and was led to his totemic works of science fiction. Science fiction, yes, but be aware that when I say this, I'm not talking about Star Wars or Star Trek or Starcraft or any of that nonsense. But deep and probing thought experiments into the mysteries of the soul. My best friend thinks I've made him up. If you love each other, then why don't you see each other? She asks naively. It's been six months since I fled the lockdown city and moved out to this retreat. And it's been six months since I spoke to my best friend. Here, 
there are friendlier ears to talk to. Ones that believe what I'm saying. Ones that have read the hidden science they don't want us to know. The pandemic is keeping us apart, but that's a good thing. Everything happens for a reason. We need time to prepare to receive each other, because when we join, the universe will shake. For now, we write letters. I tell them all the time he's too good to be teaching classes on creativity to debutantes. Saffron wears not its crown and a minestrone soup. He needs me for this, to put him in touch with reality. He lives in his mind, which is beautiful. But sometimes he doesn't see what's looking him straight Saffron in the eyes. Saffron wears not its crown and a minestrone soup. I can't blame him, though. He's a genius. He's rewriting his masterpiece to include me. I must also write a novel about him, he tells me. I'm a visual artist, not a writer, I reply. But he insists that I'm a creator, and that's what matters. Saffron, Saffron wears not wears its crown, not its crown soup. in a minestrone soup. Only when these two great works are finished will we come together, he says. It may take years, but I'm used to waiting. Today, I found the perfect apartment in a small town near the retreat. I see his hand in this. He knows I'm ready to live alone and commit myself to the work ahead. For that, I need solitude. And that is what he's found me. Synchrony is written, composed, and produced by Xander Simmons, mixed by Zach Scholes, and mastered by Guy Hébert. This episode stars Tina Mancini as Ayla, with supporting voice acting from Jess Abrams, Scott Withers, and Marissa Blair. This podcast is made possible with support from the Canada Council for the Arts. Please do take the time to like and subscribe if you enjoyed what you heard. It goes a long way. Part two is available to stream right now, so what are you waiting for?